Well, praise the Lord, we are fast approaching the end of February. This, boy, I'm telling you, the beginning of, of 2021 has got a, a rapid start here upon us. Welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. We are an Arizona 501c3 nonprofit prayer ministry. We are part of Pastor Davenport Ministries, a spirit-filled, Bible-believing beacon of light, a non-denominational prayer ministry serving the Lord Jesus Christ, both at Gospel of Faith Church in Ash Fork, Arizona, as well as from the worldwide broadcast studio here in Fort Mojave, Arizona, where it is a beautiful, sun-filled, shiny day as the Lord looks down upon us. Hello, I'm Pastor Davenport, and I want to thank you for tuning in for today's broadcast, where twice each week we bring you a, an exciting new sermon message from God's Word. This uh, On Wednesdays right now, we are going through uh, uh, what is entitled First Church. It's uh, We're walking through the book of Acts. Uh, so, as I said, we are a prayer ministry, and we, uh, we pray for the salvation of the lost every day at 11 o'clock. And... Uh, Wherever you are, in the sound of my voice, whether you are in one of the 10 countries that this broadcast currently reaches, uh, we ask you at your time, whatever your time is at 11 o'clock in your time slot, uh, just stop what you're doing and for just a few moments, just uh, pray for the lost, the salvation of the lost, as I am going to do right now here today. Father, if you'll bow your head. Father, In the it, it is in your written word. First of all, then I abomish, abomish and urge the, that petitions of prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all men and women. It says in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, and I paraphrased. Therefore, Father, we bring the, the loss of this world on this day that we pray every man, woman, and child from here to the farthest corner of, of this earth. We bring them before you today, Lord God. As we intercede, we use our faith joined together upon this broadcast, believing that thousands upon this day have the opportunity to make Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior. For everyone, every single person who has that opportunity, Satan, we bind you, and we're binding the spirit of the Antichrist, and we loose these people from your assignments against those who have that opportunity to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior on this day as we pray for the salvation of the lost around the world. And we ask the Lord of the harvest to thrust that, that the perfect labors across these lives this day to share the good news of the gospel in a special way so they will listen and understand it. We believe that they will not be able to resist the wooing of the Holy Spirit for you, Father. Bring them to repentance by your goodness and your love. We confess that they shall see who have never been told of Jesus Christ. They shall understand who have never heard of Jesus. And they shall come out of the snare of the devil who have held them captive to this day. They shall open their eyes and turn from the darkness unto the light and from the power of Satan unto you, Heavenly Father. We pray this upon this day that they shall find Jesus. Jesus. 
They shall turn from the evil and the wicked ways of the devil, and they shall turn to our Heavenly Father and to the glory and the power of our God. Yes, Heavenly Father, we pray this prayer today. This prayer today in the name above all names, in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. May the crimson blood of Jesus find their soul wanting today to be saved, baptized in the glory of you. In Jesus' name we pray it, amen and amen. And may the Lord bless you today as we take our journey into part eight. Excuse me, part nine. <laughs> Excuse me. In today's study, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to the broadcast today. Well, praise the Lord. In Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 5, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest, verse 2, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there, there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why perkest per, yeah, why persecutest thou me? Got to slow down a little bit. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? Now I want you to notice something here. He uses the word Lord. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who thou persecutest. Is it hard for thee to kick against the, the pricks? Now, in a review, we see the life of Philip. When we, we, when we review Acts 8, we see the life of Philip, the ministry of Philip. He's bringing people to Jesus. In Samaria, the city believed the city was baptized, receiving of the Holy Ghost. In Ethiopia, Philip began emphasizing baptism, winning key people to the Lord. Now, on the road to Damascus, Saul is persecuting the church. Saul was there at the, at the death of Stephen. Some people say Stephen. The church had left Jerusalem, and so Saul was willing to go after them to Damascus. And I want you to notice that Saul was looking for both men and women. Women were active in the ministry in the early church, as they are today, or should be, if the churches were open. Now Saul got his letter, and he left to go to find Christians, to persecute them. But then on the way to Damascus, he sees this light, this bright, glowing light. And this is very similar to the burning bush experienced of Moses. 
It's a bright burning light. And a voice is speaking to him out of this light. It's also similar, very similar to John in the book of Revelations. Revelations 1, 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega. See, in, 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 in an encounter with the living God ought to cause us to humble ourselves. When we enter the very presence of Almighty God, there is no room for ego. There is no room for pride. We must approach God with humility. We must be humble before God. This is the opposite of way that Saul had been approaching God before. Before he was self-absorbed in his work against Christians. Saul asked for letters, and the high priest did not ask him to go. Saul was convinced that he was the one meant to stamp out Christianity altogether. It was after this voice that Saul realized he did not know the Lord. He said, who are you, Lord? So obviously he didn't know who the Lord was. He said, I really don't know you. You see, an encounter with God can cause us to examine our relationship with him. Do we just know about God? Or do we actually know who God is? Can we recognize God's voice when he calls us? The voice said, I am Jesus. What a shock that must have been to Saul. I thought I was defending you from heresy, but I really was fighting against you. It's hard to kick against the pricks, he said. The jabs. Talking about the staffs and the spikes used to, to herd oxen to cattle. I preached about the, the ox bows. The ox bows would be used to make an animal go where it is supposed to go. But kicking against the oxbows would, would cause damage to the animal's legs. Saul had been fighting against the, uh, the leading of God. He had heard the words of, of Stephen. He had been in uh, the attitude of Stephen at, at his trial. He had seen that attitude. He had seen the death of Stephen. None of these things had impacted Saul's life the way that they should have. So now, now God was making his will known in a stronger way. God leads us through these things that happen around us. If we do not listen or we do not respond to these proddings, then God has to use the stronger things to get our attention. I remember when God said, I would preach the gospel. And I would go out and I would do even worse things to myself and, to, and in my life to make sure that God did not want me. He, want, he would take someone else. And God would prod me even more to get my attention. I always say 
First, he hit me with a two by four, and the next thing he hit me with a four by four, and I, I did a double take. Sometimes in the middle of our trial, we need to stop and say, what is it you wanted me to hear, God? What is it that you desire from me? In Acts chapter 9, verse 6 through 9, and he, and he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me do? Somewhere in your lifetime, my friend, somewhere in your lifetime, you will finally say, what will thou have me do, Lord? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into a city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth when his eyes were open and he saw no man. And they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. And neither did he eat nor drink. Now remember what happened to Saul on the road to Damascus. He was struck blind. What shall I do? When we recognize the voice of God, our response should be, what will thou have me do, O Lord? What do you want me to do, God? If God has taken the time to get your attention, it is so he can tell you something. Some people go through their Damascus Road experience, but never ask the important question, what should I do, Lord? God has you listening to this broadcast for a purpose. Now you need to ask God that question. What wilt thou have me do, Lord? I want God's direction in my life. God will send you through a trial or a tribulation for a purpose. Like as with Moses, you went through that desert, that dry time for a purpose. Now it is time for you to ask God, what will thou have me do, Lord? Though Saul was now physically blind, his spiritual sight was better than ever. Saul had been blind to the proddings of Jesus Christ. Now his spiritual eyes have been opened. Maybe not his physical, but his spiritual eyes have now been opened. God told him to go into the city, and so that it was he as he did. He could not get there by himself. He had to have help. Sometimes doing the will of God takes cooperation. Are you listening to me, church? Saul entered into a time of fasting and of prayer. Saul waited. And Saul had done what God had told him to do, but he still had to wait on God's timing. Sometimes the answer from God is yes. Sometimes God's answer is no. And sometimes it is to wait upon God, his timing. 
Paul's conversion in Acts chapter 9, verse 10 through 16, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the streets, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting a hand on him, and he, made, he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to, to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, the disciple Ananias, he recognized the voice of God. You too, my friend, must recognize the voice of God. God may be speaking to you during this time of dry time that we are going through right now, this time of COVID-19, this time that maybe you're unemployed, this time that we call the dry time. God may be speaking to you right now. Are you listening? Are you listening? For the sound of God's voice. It said that the disciple Ananias recognized the voice of God. I wonder today, would you recognize the voice of God? Would it come from the thunder and the lightning from heaven? Or would it come as a gentle voice from a breeze? Ananias was willing to respond. God tells him to go to Saul. This is the same God that was there through the death of Stephen, the death of Jesus. This is the guy that has letters to throw Christians into jail. God, are you sure? There's nothing wrong with asking God questions. But when God answers the question, it's time to, to, to go, Ananias gets a glimpse of Saul's future. Seeing beyond the present into the potential of people. In Acts chapter 9, verse 17 and 18, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands upon Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou Camus has sent me, and thou mightest receive thy sight. And he filled with the Holy Ghost immediately. There fell from his eyes as if had been scales, and he received sight forwith. And he arose and was baptized. Did what God asked. He did what God asked. Even though he was not sure, he followed the voice of Almighty God. And Ananias was not an apostle. He was not a pastor. He was just a disciple of the Lord. A regular saint. 
just like you. He was called. He called him Brother Saul. He accepted Saul even before the uh, conversion process was completed. Saul was baptized in the name of Jesus because that is how he told others to be baptized. He received the Holy Ghost as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. He will never hear about Ananias again. He witnessed one to one guy, but that one guy became the great soul winner who knows what the Bible study that you teach might bring you to if you were to teach a Bible study. In Acts chapter 9, verse 20 through 22, and straight away he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is, that he is the Son of God. He preached. Here he was, a persecutor of the Jews, and yet he preached Christ in the synagogues that Christ was the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on the name of, in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound to the chief priest? But Saul increased more in strength and confounded the Jews with dealt in Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ that he serves. The ministry of Saul's, Saul's preaching Jesus Christ throughout the land. Saul's first response to conversion is to go out and witness for Jesus Christ. You see, my friends, once you're saved, we need to go out and save someone else. Hallelujah. That's the call of the Lord. Saul went to every synagogue he could. He preached to those that he knew. He goes to those that know you and tell them about what's happening to you. That's what you are to do in chapter uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You're a witness for Christ. Go to those that you know and tell them about what's happened to you, that you have found Jesus Christ and him crucified, that you have found the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Saul proved Christ and him crucified. He was a learned man. He used his knowledge to convince others about Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 9, verse 23. And after that, many days were fulfilled, and the Jews took counsel to try to kill him. But their laying awake was known of Saul's. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed, essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. They were scared of him and believed not what he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the, in the way that he had seen God and he, that he had spoken to him. And how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Excuse me. Saul's persecution begins that very day. The same people that had been willing to support him before now wanted now to kill him. The people that he wanted to kill before were willing to support him now. What a turn of events, huh? 
Paul escaped in a basket down a wall. This is the only, the first of many persecutions that Paul will suffer. Saul comes to Jerusalem. He, he wanted to join the church, but they were afraid of him. The church had trouble believing his conversion. But here comes Barnabas. Barnabas in, in, in endorsed Saul to the church of Jerusalem. It is interesting to note that Barnabas believed in Saul so strongly that he was willing to travel with him. <coughs> and what did, what did Barnabas say? Same thing Pastor Davenport says. A past is the past. That's why it's called the past. When a person is converted, we must completely embrace them as a brother or a sister in Christ. The past has consequences, but they should not, they should not, they should not derail the future of an individual that has found Jesus Christ. Amen. In Acts chapter 9, verse 33 and 35, through 35, and there he found a certain man named Annas, which had kept him his bed eight years and was sick of palsy. Listen. And Peter said unto him, Annas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydda and, and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Glory to God. Peter found a certain man. Peter went there looking for this person. Peter came to deliver God's healing virtue. This guy had been waiting for eight years. Eight years. Excuse me, I had to take a drink of water. But then it was God's time. It was God's time. He immediately rose out of the bed because of the word. The authority of the word. The miracle was seen by the city and caused faith to rise. Are you listening, church? When God blesses you, don't keep it to yourself. Let your testimony be known to others. In Acts chapter 9, verse 36 through 30, uh, 43, excuse me. Now there was a, a Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they washed, they laid her in the upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that, Peter was there and sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went to them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the wid widows who stood by him weeping and showing the coats of garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. Verse 40, But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise! And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he called, the saints and widows presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, 
And many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. The death of Tabitha, good lady, bad things can happen to good people. I tell you this today. But they sent for Peter, and Peter had healed the sick, but not raised the dead. God stretches us outside our comfort zone. They showed him all the good things that Tabitha had done. Then Peter kicked out all the mourners. This is a mirror of the resurrection of Jairus' daughter. In Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 8, Peter repeated what he had seen Jesus say and do. We should repeat what we have seen Jesus say and do. Again, again, this testimony is spread throughout the city, which causes more believers. What are we to do on this broadcast? What are we to do at Gospel of Faith Church? What is the world's churches to do? It is time for a revival of Pentecost. It is time to revive, that's what revival is, to revive the days of Pentecost in this world today. I'm telling you, Peter remains in Joppa, which sets up Acts chapter 10 in our first church. I want you to study for next Wednesday, Acts chapter 10, 1 through 6. Because I'm telling you right now, church, uh, it is time that we put to work uh, a new Pentecost, a revival of new Pentecost in this world today. It's time for the churches to come back together. We see COVID. We see that we see the politicians not knowing what to do. The vaccine is out there. You know what we need to do? We, the church of Jesus Christ, we need to hit our knees in Second Chronicles chapter seven. And we need to begin with verse 14. And we need to hit our knees and begin to pray for a new revival of Pentecost to cast out the demon of COVID-19. Somebody needs to raise their hands to heaven and shout, Amen. Glory to God. It is time that Christians quit messing around with all the, the governmental stuff and begin to do what we say we can do as a church body, the body of Christ, and we need to cast out the demon of this virus, this pandemic, this plague that the devil has put upon this world. Somebody shout amen today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's time that we speak. We start speaking, walking the walk, and talking the talk, and begin some action. I'm calling a call out to action to every pastor, every priest, every preacher in the world today that we begin to form our congregations back together, and we all come as a body of Christ in one spirit, and we begin to cast out this demon of this pandemic, or this plague, I call it, and put it back into the gates and the pits of hell where it came from. Somebody shout amen and amen. Glory to God. Let God take over this, this pandemic, this plague, in Jesus' name. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Somebody, somebody lift up your hands to heaven and shout glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Give God praise and glory today and let God, 
eradicate this plague from this earth in Jesus' name. Well, I'm just going to lead us in prayer right now for the health and healing of this world around us. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, I just confess your word concerning the healing of this world, the healing of this, this plague that plagues us on this earth. As I do this, I believe and I say in your word, it will not con uh, return to us void, but will accomplish what it says it will do because of your word the authority of your word. Therefore, I believe in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that this world shall be healed of this pandemic, this plague of this COVID-19. According to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it is written in your word that Jesus himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Therefore, with the great boldness and the confidence, I say on the authority of that written word that, that this world should be healed and redeemed from the curse of this COVID plague. And I refuse to tolerate its symptoms any longer. Satan, I speak to you in the name above all names on this earth, the name of Jesus. And I say that your principalities and your powers and your spirit who rule the present darkness and your spiritual wickedness in heavenly places are bound from operating against us in any way here upon this earth. And I am pro the property and, and the world is the property of Almighty God and I give you no place in us. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God and I abide and I remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the wings of Almighty God and in the hollow of His mighty hands, whose power and no foe can ever withstand. Now, Father, because I reverence and worship You, I have the assurance of Your Word and that the angel of the Lord encamps around this world in legions about us and delivers us from every evil work of the devil. No evil shall befall us. No plague or calamity shall come near our dwellings. And I confess your word upon this broadcast and those who listen to this broadcast and of Gospel of Faith Church and those who enter that building today. God abide in us and deliver us to a perfect soundness of mind and a wholeness of body and of spirit from the deepest parts of our nature and in my immortal spirit even to the joints and the marrow of our bones, that the word is, is medication and life to our flesh and a law to our spirit that operates within us. Make us free from the law of sin and of death and bind us in thy spirit, O Lord God. We pray today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen and amen. It is time, my friends, that we, the body of Christ, come together. Wherever we can speak to our family or our friends, that they too get on board with praying this COVID-19 out of this world.
and send it back to the pits of hell where it came from. Now, I pray, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you till he brings us back again on Sunday next. God bless you. We all love you here at Spiritual Awareness and at Gospel of Faith Church. God bless you.